Heavenly Father, we come. Lord, do we really understand how much we are loved by you? Regardless of what we do, regardless of what we've done, regardless of all that, Lord, we are loved by you. Undeniably loved by you. Unexplainably loved by you. Because, Lord, I know there's times, I know it's hard to believe that I'm unlovable. As all of us here are, Lord. But, boy, you're so gracious in forgiveness. And, Lord, we just ask as we come here, open our hearts to feel that love. The love in which you stood off your throne, come down, and was born of a baby. Our lesson's going to come out of uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. It's the rest of that chapter there. Uh, real quick on this. This is always the oddest Sunday. The most unattended church Sunday is the Sunday after Christmas. Why? There's a lot of people on the road traveling. And we probably should have prayed for them too. So be in prayer for those who are on the road traveling. Uh, they're traveling. And some are were off last week. Some are on this week. So a lot of people are just moving around. Uh, so just know that. So thin numbers never really scare us. So we go along here. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the scripture here in just a minute. But let me. I'm going to back up just a little bit to chapter two, verse one. Because there's something important that you need to know here. It says, therefore, I'm going to kind of jump around here real quick. So just listen if you don't have your Bibles. Therefore, we must be more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through the angels proved steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. One of the things we need to realize in Wesleyan tradition, which we are, we're Wesleyan, John Wesley obviously, but Wesleyan tradition, salvation is, comes from the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen on that one? So you're, you're kind of changing the sermon up just a little bit. Here is something I want to bring up. Uh, it wasn't until the 1900s, early 1900s, 1908, in that area, that the Puritans, we call them Southern Baptists, and other denominations, I just got a lot of time with the Baptist Church, and I'm not saying there's wrong, there's nothing wrong. Don't ever think I'm dogging the Baptists, because, man, we, we Baptists, we go to Baptist churches still when we're not there, uh, so I'm nothing wrong. But the Puritans brought in, once saved, always saved. 
I did a report about a 70-page paper, which I could find again, because we did this discussion in a holiness class in seminary. Isaac is part of this class there. Uh, you had to pick a point, once saved, always saved, or could you lose your salvation? And the question really is, was I really saved? That, that, it, kind of, it kind of falls there, there but, but what he's talking about here, don't drift away. What is there for you after you've drifted away? Nothing. God's grace will always bring you back. Uh, Jesus tells us to pick up your cross. How often? Anybody? Daily. daily. You pick up your cross and you follow him daily. Every decision you make daily, minutely, secondly, affects your salvation. Uh, salvation comes at the end. There's a whole, we need to do a whole study on this. Paul tells us to renew your mind when? How often do we renew our mind? Daily. daily. So those two are daily. Because the devil wars with us. He gets into our minds. He gives us bad attitudes. He gets us going along there and, and all that back and forth. Uh, I remember... <laughs> Fuck families and stuff. Uh, in marriage with a, with a pastor, it was a marriage thing. There, Tammy and I were going, and, and like I was telling other people, we've been in the ditch before, you know, with marriage and stuff. You don't think we're always just been this great couple. Uh, we still are in the ditch at times. And I remember sitting there, you know, Tammy did this, Tammy did that. I'm whining to this guy. He's a good friend of mine. He says, you want to stop that? I can tell you how to stop it. And I'm like, How? You know, I'm thinking he's going to call Tammy in and he's going to chew Tammy out because Tammy knew the guy too. He says, you start acting like Jesus Christ. You. You shut the wine up. You shut the complaining. You shut the name calling. You shut all that up. And you, regardless of what she does, that's, the whole, that's her problem. You act like Jesus Christ. Now, I, I fail at that often, but, but our salvation is dependent upon this, people. How we act day in and day out shows our maturity level and our relationship with Jesus. So with that, let's move on to the rest of the scripture we have here. Uh, chapter, verse 10, so we had that first part. Uh, for it is fitting for him, Jesus that is, for whom all things and by wh whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the, cap uh, to make the captain of the salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sacrifices and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will once declare your name to my brethren. In the, in the midst of the assembly, I will sing praises to you. I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of the flesh and the blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power over death, that is the devil, and release those who fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, 
He had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful, high priest in things pertaining to God, to make probation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. This is the word of God for the people of God. So here's the great question that children love to ask. Because as adults, we have all the answers, do we not? You know, uh, all the answers, you know, why did Jesus die? We died for the sins of the world. Uh, He had, you know, this, we, we we got the theological answers down correctly. But do we really understand this whole thing? Why? This is God. Let's talk about here real quick. God. Talking about God. The one that spoke, let there be light. There was light. Let there be the earth. There was the earth. Let the earth be separated. There was earth separated. This is the one that grabbed a bunch of dirt, performed it together and breathed into it and made a human being. This is the one that all creation runs on. Think about it. You had to come as a baby? You had to be born, you had to go, you had to die. But we see from the beginning of time, God's plan set up. Why? I don't really have that great answer, but why? We see it from the beginning that with sin, there must be death. With sin, there must be the sacrifice of blood. Uh, The blood sacrifice was more than just sin. When there was a covenant made, we see this with Abraham over land and other things. We read the Old Testament. When there was this covenant made, uh, if they bought land, if I bought land from you, uh, we would kill an ox and we'd pass between it and then we'd sprinkle the blood and and we'd do all these things. So there was always this blood covenant between people. That's just the way it was set up from the beginning. That is the way it was set up from the beginning. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, we'll blame this on Adam really, uh, God had given the title, the deed to the land, which would be earth, to Adam. Go forth, be fruitful, multiply, do all these things, but eat from that tree. And we know that Genesis story. Adam, Lucifer, who's the devil, uh, he's the high devil. He's the star of the morning light at the time. And he was all these things. He had power. He did not lose his power. Understand that the demons, the devils, the, the angels that fought, fell, never lost their power. They lost their position, but not their power. And so the long story short here is, is uh, he rebels, takes a bunch of angels with them. Well, why God? Because they're created beings too. They have a mind, they can think, uh, you know, so they're not, they're not robots either. And, and so why God? Why, why, why do we got to listen to this guy, God? You know, Yahweh, why do we got to listen to him? And they go do their own thing. And they come, they tempt Adam and Eve. And they, uh, of course, we know the story there. By that temptation, Adam gave, Adam gave the title to earth to Satan. He is the prince of the air, which means this lower part of the earth, he's the prince of the air. Never mistake, God is still in control. Uh, Never mistake that part, but the devil and his fallen demons, we're just going to call them all the devil, uh, they're they're in charge. Uh, The only way... To get back the title to earth was he had to have a blood sacrifice. 
had to have a blood sacrifice. It says here at the end here, he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus, after his baptism, went up to the mountain. The devil did. He got pushed out in, in there. And Satan, Lucifer, the guy that he knew, he would have been, uh, Lucifer would have been under Jesus. We want to do a military rank thing here. He would have been under Jesus. And what we believe theologically, and I don't want to get into that, Jesus spoke. Uh, Lucifer went out and did it. Lucifer is actually not a bad name. It's actually a beautiful name, a, a morning star and all this other stuff. We just make it bad now. Uh, but so he was the one that kind of went out and helped create the earth uh, as God spoke things into it. Uh, and so with that, the most powerful demon Jesus meets, he knows him. Bottom line, he created him. I'm going along. So here we are. They're, they're up there together. We see three temptations. There's more than that because he's out there for 40 days. There's more temptations than that. And Jesus, so here's a theological question for you. Could Jesus have sinned? Anybody, other than Tammy, she's probably heard this before. Could Jesus have sinned? This is the Son of God. This is really God in the flesh. Could he have sinned? The answer has to be yes. Or otherwise, the no is meaningless. If they had a speed limit sign of 55 miles an hour was the speed limit, and your car only did 50 miles an hour, could you, could you ever break the law? No. So Jesus, as fully human, could have sinned. Where would we have been if he would have sinned? I'd hate to even think about that. But he didn't. He, he didn't sin. And, and so he come, he, he's been tempted in every way, like you and I. In every way, as you and I. He understands loneliness. He understands betrayal. He understands death. He understands all these emotions that we have. He has had too. He's not a God. Our God is not this faraway God. Our God is a God that lives with us and in us. If we allow him to. He's a God that lives with inside us. And so we need to understand that. And one of the major difference of religions, number one, we don't have a religion. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is this relationship that we have with God. Uh, if you want to go to the other one, Muslims, even the Jews, God is this faraway God. And they got to do, they got to do good things to, to please God. Always doing good things to please God. And that's where we get into the radical Muslims and everything else because they think they got to go out and kill people and do all this other stuff to please God. And so we don't have that. We have a loving God that has come. It is Emmanuel. God is with us. He is with us. He is with us today if you will open your hearts and allow him in. Uh, and so on that, uh, let me back up here on my scripture here. But so he, he knows our pain. He, God knows our pain. He knows what we're going through. God knows that our life is tough. He talks about death here real quick. And I, I brought this up in a Bible study. And I know I confused a lot of people. There is a difference between, and without getting to a big theological discussion here, there is a difference between Old Testament and New Testament death. 
need to understand this. There's a difference between Old Testament dying and New Testament dying. In the Old Testament, the fear of death was that you went to uh, this adobe called Hades. Hades is not hell, people. We kind of make it that way today, but Hades is not hell. We went to this place, this adobe. It was a rest in peace. You were just in peace and you were just there. Jesus, when he died... Jesus, when he died, went there, and I, Walking Tall. Anybody remember that old movie, Walking Tall? I love that movie. And I, and this is the image I have in my head. It may be a wrong image. There we are, and Satan's, uh, Satan is Lucifer's in charge of the underworld. Uh, we're going along, and all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. Who is it? Man, I got another one coming. It's Jesus. He busts the gates to death. The fear in the past of death was that I'm going to go to Shoal or Hades, wherever this place was at, under the world, today. Here's the, what he talks about, the fear of death has been destroyed. When you die, us that have had loved ones die in the name of Jesus, that we, they were saints, and they, were, they lived, and they were good people. They're not just good people, they would confess Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. Almost like when you went to sleep, and you woke up this morning. You went to sleep, Boom, you wake up. There's like this gap of time that we don't know. Eight hours or six hours, in my case, like four hours have passed. And there you are. There you are. You wake up and you're in the presence of God. Paul tells us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Our loved ones that have passed, whether they are a baby or a 900, we did a funeral for a 103-year-old person one time. That was a saint of a lady. You know where they're at today? They're in heaven. Your loved ones are in heaven. And, and there's a whole theory there too, but I won't get into that. Just know they're in heaven. They, they recognize each other. The spirit of them is in heaven. And, and, they, and they go along. And, and they recognize other family members and their things there with that. So the fear of death has been destroyed. Jesus says, do not fear the one that can kill the body. Fear the one that can put the soul in hell. So that, that's who we're, that's who we have to go along there. Uh, so here's the great news, and I'll kind of end this with this for my sound people. I'm going to kind of end with this. Uh, here's great news. Uh, you have done nothing to deserve this grace. You have done nothing worthy to deserve the grace of God. Neither have I. Don't, don't think anything there. Uh, don't, don't think the preacher gets you on a special pedestal with God. It does not. In fact, it's probably the other way. Because he says he judges you harder than he judges other people. So, uh, you have done nothing to deserve this grace. You have done nothing so bad to receive this grace. You have not been bad enough. You have not sinned big enough. You have not sinned so much that you cannot receive the grace of God. What is Christmas really about? The Savior, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. Salvation is with us. That's what Christmas is really about. Salvation is with us. And we can receive this salvation. And so here's my thing is, this is the last Sunday in 2019. Next year we're going to have 2020 vision. I mean, that's a good joke there, 2020 vision. Uh, what does 2020 hold for you? What change 
would you like to see next year? I listen to John Maxwell all the time, and I get this minute with John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a Christian leader, teaches leadership. I used to teach John Maxwell courses way back when. Uh, I really like this guy, John Maxwell, and he talks about the future, and the last videos have been about Christmas and the future, and he brings this up. What do you want to change next year? Think about it. Next, what step do you need to take today to change next year? If there's somebody in your life that you've got a problem with, do you need to have forgiveness? Do you need to have uh, grace? Do you need to have mercy? Do you need to have kindness? What do you need to change next year so you can walk closer with Jesus? We make that change today. Second, for Lake Park United Methodist Church, those of you who read the newsletter, uh, it'll be published later again in coming time. Uh, I was asked to come up with a vision, and I think I threw them all off in a meeting because I actually put the vision on paper. Because if it's not on paper, well, guess what we'll do about it? We will talk, 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 talk about it, and nothing will ever get done. So I got a vision, which I, uh, somebody said, can I show that to other people? Sure. Uh, I probably need to refine it a little bit. I do have a vision for next year. Uh, number one, uh, one of the things, grace and forgiveness and walking closer with Jesus, we're going to create some programs for that. Uh, but one of the visions is for the church, 100 people in worship almost every Sunday, obviously this Sunday. Oh. So what does that look like? Just think, those, who was that Christmas Eve service real quick? There, there are several of you over there. What, was that, what would it be like if that was every Sunday at both services? It's possible, people. It's possible. So what, what does it look like for Lake Park United Methodist Church? What does it look like, 2020? What does God, and this is what we need to be praying about for the rest of the year. We should have been praying about it all year, but what does God have for us as a church? What step do we need to take today so next Sunday, our first Sunday of the year, our first Sunday of the year, we see the difference of God in our life, in our church. And that is what we need to focus on. Uh, we need to focus on, on that. Remember, our sins are forgiven. So with your sins forgiven, the past is erased, what will you do today to make a difference, not only in your life, but in somebody else's life? Let us sing our praise song and we will pray.